0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. Ocean
1: Gate Expeditions. Led by
2: CEO Stockton Rush, we're excited about doing it in a way that that is safe and enjoyable and engage other people in that activity.
0: A promotional video there for OceanGate, the private excursions company behind the missing submersible Titan. The one,
2: two
0: in the video, they reinforce its safety priorities. Crew in bright high-vis jackets wear hard hats as they tighten cables on a ship, readying the vessel for an adventure to the Titanic. But travelling 12,500 feet underwater is dangerous. It's been compared to exploring space and concerns over the safety of the company's $250,000-a-ticket trips have been raised. On its own website, the company says its carbon pressure vessels meet standards where they apply, but adds innovation often falls outside of the existing industry paradigm. In 2018, the Marine Technology Society, which is an industry of leading submersible experts, wrote to Oceangate CEO Stockton Rush, warning of potentially catastrophic consequences of the company's experimental approach. That same year, court filings revealed Oceangate's former director of marine operations, David Lockridge, claimed he was wrongfully dismissed after questioning the ability of the sub's hull to withstand deep-sea pressures. The case was settled in November 2018.
3: We are in position, mission
2: director to go.
0: The search for Titan is continuing, but the clock is ticking for any rescue of the five people on board, with the oxygen supply thought to run out around Thursday morning. More rescue vessels are continuing to arrive near the site, which is 350 miles off the coast of Newfoundland, Canada. The operation's being led by the U.S. Coast Guard. Here's Captain Jamie Frederick.
1: On behalf of all the men and women
0: of the United States Coast Guard and our search partners, we offer our most heartfelt thoughts and prayers for the five crew members, their families, and their loved ones. Our crews are working around the clock to ensure that we are doing everything possible to locate the Titan and the five crew members. On Tuesday, banging sounds were heard by rescue teams at 30-minute intervals in the area where the craft disappeared. But their source is still unknown. Experts say a rescue of this nature is extremely complicated. Here's Dr Jamie Pringle, reader in forensic geosciences at Keele University.
1: At some point between the surface and the bottom, they've had some sort of, you know, hopefully not catastrophic failure, some sort of failure, communications normally. Um, But then obviously with that water column being so thick, water isn't like a big bowl of water. It will be stratified, have different layers of salinities and temperatures. so if, if the sub's in somewhere in that water column, it could be drifting around in a non-predictable sort of uh, predictable way. Um, as you probably know, most of the ocean floor hasn't been mapped. <laughs> so so we're not sure what's on the bottom. Um, best scenario, it's nice and flat uh, and calm, like you see in the Titanic photos. You might have seen that recent photo mosaic. I think they've surveyed they did, the, did of the vessel. But it, it could be quite rugged because, um, obviously, as you probably know, the ocean floor is more rugged than it is... On land, so it could be if it's in a canyon or a sea mount—a sort of submarine um, mountain, if you like—that's um, going to be harder to find.
0: Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear our home affairs editor on everything we know so far about the missing Titanic submersible and the ongoing rescue efforts.
2: Wherever you get your podcasts, thanks for listening.
0: Welcome back. Martin Bentham is the Evening Standards Home Affairs editor.
3: It set off on on Sunday. Five people were on board. It set off on Sunday to try to go down. Planning to dive down to the let's see the wreck of the Titanic, three thousand eight hundred meters, hundreds of miles off Newfoundland, and about an hour and forty five minutes in. in 45 minutes into what was meant to be a two-hour dive, it lost contact with its mothership, uh, prompting, in essence, the search that's begun uh, with increasing intensity uh, ever since. The five people who are on board are the first person whose identity became uh, known was the British billionaire explorer Hamish Harding, Who's done lots of exploring of all sorts of different types, two other Britons, a man called Shazada Dawood, who's originally from Pakistan but lives uh, has a mansion in Surrey, a family home in Surrey from one of Pakistan's most wealthy families, and his son Suleiman, who's nineteen. They're both on board, and then also the Stockton Rush, the chief executive of the company called ocean Gate which is which operates a submersible, and then a French explorer. Uh, former Navy uh, veteran, another famous, well-known explorer to, to those who are in the exploring world called Paul-Henri Nagellet.
0: What do we know about the vessel itself?
3: Uh, we know this vessel has done this this trip before. I think it is something like the 25th time it's been down, apparently, but it's it charges people, of course, a very considerable sum to go down to, to see the Titanic. It's a very small vessel. Apparently, the people who are inside it have to be boated inside. It contains five people. There are apparently not many ways to manoeuvre it. It, or to get it off the, the off the bottom once it, if it is stuck down there, and it's got one window apparently. Yeah, there have been some reports in in the last 24 hours about potential safety or concerns about the safety regime applied to the to the vessel. But obviously, all that's unknown yet. Whether any of that's behind what's what's happened, um, but but it's yes, it's basically a privately operated, a tiny tiny vessel used to go down and do this sort of exploration uh, adventure type of, of work.
0: How high risk are these types of excursions?
3: Well, inevitably, anything like this is going to be high risk, isn't it? It's it's You don't need to be an expert to know that it's high risk, I suppose, that you're going down a very long way in a very small vessel underneath the ocean, and there are all sorts of potential things that can go wrong. Of course, the, the vessel itself, depending on its seaworthiness, uh, potentially you can obviously uh, be vulnerable to those sort of depths and pressures, presumably. And then, of course, the, the other danger, which at least one of uh, Hamish Harding's friends uh, he thinks might be the case here, that uh, these little submarines can actually get stuck on the bottom, tangled up in something, uh, there, uh, as this friend was recounting this morning they don't have great visibility out of them they have one window so you can either get stuck under a propeller or behind some obstacle if you're going down to the wreck and you're going through a gap of some sort then potentially you can get stuck obviously i suppose there's all the potential for all sorts of other malfunctions that, that, that might happen but inevitably at that sort of depth it is going to be um, a potentially perilous journey. And certainly speaking, hearing somebody who has been on this trip before was recounting, I think yesterday, that there's a very extensive wave form uh, signed beforehand mentioning death on a number of occasions or the risk of death on a number of occasions, which, of course, um, clearly must be faced. And, And people, I'm sure, who are taking part in these type of very at the margin, the type of adventures and exploration type activities will obviously know the risks they're taking. I'm quite sure, but um, so so that this is unfortunately one of the one of the potential hazards that that is encountered when you're doing something like this.
0: Onto the rescue effort now. Where is the search focused, and who is leading on it?
3: Well, as it stands, there's a great big effort going on. There's the U.S. Coast Guard is, is overseeing it all, but is getting assistance from uh, the Canadian Navy and Air Force. There are as uh, a French research vessel uh, heading to the scene. There are private firms uh, trying to help as well. There's a, a British firm apparently has been asked to help, uh, which has uses underwater robots and has been some of which have been down to this site before. So there's a very big uh, research effort, uh, rescue effort going on, search effort going on. The first task, of course, is to try to uh, identify where this uh, vessel might possibly be. It's a very big ocean area of ocean, hundreds of miles off the, the coast, fairly remote part of the Atlantic Ocean. Now, there's been a glimmer of hope overnight with reports, uh, which the U.S. Coast Guard have confirmed, of some banging noises being heard, apparently detected by according to media reports, uh, a Canadian aircraft, and that there's some suggestion that these uh, banging noises were being heard at 30-minute intervals over a period of about four hours, which has been taken by some at least to indicate that that might be a message coming out from people trapped inside the submersible and, and give grounds for hope that those people, certainly at that point yesterday, were still... Uh, alive and potentially available to be to be rescued so uh, apparently there have been no further uh, sighting or sort of detections of this uh, this banging since then unfortunately but those those noises were apparently heard around the site of the t- titanic so that appears to be the focus although clearly at the moment we don't precisely know information is relatively scanned and about what's happening, but that appears to be the focus of the of the search at the moment, although I'm quite sure that at the same time aircraft are scanning the ocean surface uh, trying to see if they can see visibly any wreckage or indeed the whole submersible having emerged it's possible of course the communications have broken down in some shape or form, and that the thing is actually uh, that those inside the managed to uh, get it off the bottom, release it back onto the surface uh, without others knowing, and, and clearly a, f- a small vessel like this isn't always going to be very detectable. Uh, the other bleak scenario, of course, is that an aircraft scanning the surface might see some wreckage which would indicate a, a catastrophic failure of sorts. That hasn't happened as yet, which is a, has been taken again as, as good news, because if you know nothing bad <laughs> definitively then the, the possibility of something good, a good outcome still remains doesn't it? So that's where the search is is at at the moment. The great problem, of course, is that there's a limited oxygen oxygen supply on board this submersible. The U.S. Coast Guard has, has said that, the, in effect, given an amount of oxygen, a time a time for the oxygen to to still be there on the board, on board the, the Submersible, which would expire around midday tomorrow, potentially. Again, that's a sort of an estimate. It could be sooner, it could be later, potentially. But roughly speaking, well, we we appear to be working, and everybody appears to be working in, in a race against time. Uh, I think clearly everybody will be praised for a, a tragic outcome to this. But at the same time, everybody will be hoping that that isn't the case and that some miraculous... Uh, rescue effort can be mounted well first of all they can be found and then of course the challenge is if they're found uh, and the the vessel is located there's then potentially the problem of how to get it up off the ocean bed and depending on where it is and what's happened to it and and what available depends whether even if it's found they can actually get it up into to safety and, and save the lives of the the five people on board which everybody hopes they can do
0: Latest about the missing submersible on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from this episode of The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4 pm.
2: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium